welcome to WeTown Talks. WeTown is a community for developers and WeTown Talks is a live audio stream. This is a recorded episode from the live stream. We invite inspiring techies from all over the world to meet, host talks and discuss the latest in tech. My name is Charlotte Holman and I'm the founder of WeTown. In this episode we meet Denise and Juliana from Bila. Bila is a support network that empowers immigrant women and non-binary people in Sweden to join tech. They will talk about their work with Bila and give great advice how to get your first job in tech in Sweden. We also catch Juliana on the week when she won the title Mentor of the Year by Nordic Women in Tech Awards. All right, so today with us we have Denise Munis and Juliana Araujo. Araujo. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> right, got it. Uh, me and names. Uh, and you are both the founders of Bigela. Uh, so for us that don't know much about you, can you please uh, tell us a bit about yourself? Maybe we can start with Juliana. Yes, of course. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, so my last name can be a bit uh, difficult, especially <laughs> for Swedish native speakers. It's Araujo, but you can say Araujo as well. <laughs> um, and I am the CNO and founder uh, of Villa, as uh, uh, Charlotte said. And um, I am also head of product development at a company called uh, Kambi here in Stockholm. And um, many, many changes happening this year. I am uh, actually moving out of Combi, and on January, I'm going to join Spotify as senior product manager um, very early in January. Yeah, so I came to Sweden on 2018 uh, to work with tech. So I do have a tech background, started my career as a very tech person, uh, engineer working pretty much with data. Uh, then I moved out a little bit of the coding part of my life and I started developing products uh, with engineering teams and I still work with data too nowadays but much more on the product development side of things than actually coding. Yeah, other than that, like I really love cats. I'm a cat lover, have a cat myself, um, a nerd, uh, gamer, heavy gamer, love uh, uh, board games but also video games, uh, music and I love to dance as well like a good Brazilian. Yeah, and that's it. Oh, we love gamers. <laughs> awesome. And Denise, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Hello, my name is Denise Muniz. Like Juliana's last name, my name it could be a bit tricky to pronounce for Swedish and English speakers. Um, I'm have a bachelor degree in system analysis and also a specialization in road project and business management. Uh, I used to be a BA before coming to Sweden. I did this for 11 plus years. And uh, once I reached here, I found out that uh, Besides most of the tech world, uh, it's running in English. Uh, to be a BA, I needed to speak and write in Swedish. And that's a thing that it's quite a difficult to learn, for me at least. And I chose to take a step back 
in my career and become a developer again as I was in the first uh, first time of my career and since then I start to learn coding again update all my knowledge in the new technologies and here I am <laughs> being a full stack developer that's cool and how did you two meet yeah, I can jump in. Um, so Denise and I met uh, around two years ago. Uh, we were in a job fair uh, in Stockholm, and uh, that uh, is uh, for companies that want to um, um, advertise their roles and uh, mostly HR uh, people from uh, big com big tech companies uh, in Stockholm. Well, they do this event like worldwide, but this one was specifically for the uh, Stockholm market. And uh, we were sitting, I was pretty much sitting on a table with other Brazilians and uh, we were speaking Portuguese. And then uh, Denise listened to us speaking Portuguese, so she came and, uh, and uh, talked to us because, well, we can be pretty loud <laughs> uh, when we speak Portuguese, especially when we are uh with our friends and uh so the, denise uh heard us and uh, she came and talked to us and i think it was uh, very nice because denise i think were you here in sweden not for so long right i think you were a newbie like a newcomer yes i was here like for four months in at the time and it was the first time that i went i go out i went out without my kids to <laughs> Not exactly um, spend some time with grow ups, but <laughs> it is at the same time. So it was really nice to meet a few people that uh, make all my journey more easier. Indeed. And then you started Bila. Is it Bila or Bela? We say Bila, like a B as bees. Ah, okay. What does the name mean? Uh, so the name uh, came, actually naming for us was hard. Uh, we had, I guess, I don't know how many months trying to figure it out a good name because uh, every name that we wanted to have had something like her or she in the name uh, because it's a project that's very like uh, focused on women, especially. So, but also like there are so many of like woman, uh, woman in tech, things with the she, with the her. So we wanted to do something different. And um, so Denise and I, we love bees ourselves. And that was like uh, something common. Uh, and uh, it's kind of representative in terms of uh, uh, work, uh, women workers and uh, the ho whole like queen bee and everything. And then we, we joined the word with Ella, that is the pronoun for she in Portuguese. And then we put B and Ella and then we made Bila. So that was how the name came up. Oh, that's such a sweet uh, name. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, fun that you love bees. I love honey myself, so uh, something in common there. But uh, yeah, so my next question is, uh, can you tell us a bit about Bila? Denise, you want to go? Yeah, sure, I can. So... Uh, we start Bila when we realize that uh, our knowledge base uh, about uh, change career and be uh, a woman in tech here in Stockholm sometimes could be quite hard, especially for ones uh, 
the ones that came to Sweden like me, like a plus one. And we share knowledge, we share people that we know it. But uh, we thought like if we can scale up and do something for more than our colleagues. And then we start this uh, in Vila with a, a newsletter. So we have a week newsletter. And one day we are talking about and like a brainstorm about Vila. And then I look at Juliana and said, okay, if maybe we have like a podcast to make this a conversation, not to just give information, but uh, uh, answer questions that they didn't um, have the opportunity to to ask us, but uh, we can think about a few things and answer these in our podcast. And then we launch our podcast like two months after we launched Bila. And then we keep growing the, the ideas. And now we have a mentoring program as well. And we just finished the pilot and we are already um, planning the next edition that we will run in the beginning of the next year. And we have a lot of other ideas to, <laughs> to implement here at Vila and turn this something even bigger. Yeah, cool. So you have a podcast just like us. <laughs> we have a lot of same uh, ideas. Uh, but also the mentoring program sounds very interesting. Can you tell us a bit more how that works? Yeah, so uh, I can talk a bit about the mentoring program. For me, like when I started, we had all the idea napkins for the project i always wanted to have mentoring as part of Vila because uh, mentoring was like a huge part of my life i had amazing people and amazing leadership that uh, helped me to uh, see uh, far away and actually dream uh, more so i came from a background that uh, i was like never represented and i never thought you know that i could go very very far uh, with my career, especially. So I had amazing people that actually, you know, uh, drove me and uh, guide me all the way to where I am right now, which is really cool. And I really believe that mentoring can have this power uh, to actually lift others and uh, help other people to grow. Uh, so I always wanted to have something like this. Uh, and we know that uh, mentoring is becoming a more popular too nowadays. But not a lot of people actually know how it works. So we wanted to have a pilot program where we would be doing the matches. So um, we would be uh, interviewing uh, potential mentors. And the mentors are uh, women, mostly immigrant women, who are already like well-established in tech in Sweden. And then we would match them with people from our community. So people that are beginners and in our, are in a career transition. And uh, we run the pilot program like in a very like experimental mode, and we wanted to get uh, as much insights as we uh, as we could to scale up the program uh, for next year. So we open for around uh, ten uh, mentees and ten mentors. So it was like a one to one uh, mentorship uh, during uh, ten weeks. 
So it was quite a short program, but also quite intense because the meetings were uh, happening every week. Uh, but we got like a lot of good results and we are very excited for the second version because the, the program be became so popular. We received like, uh, we opened for 10 and we received around like 50 applications. So we wanted to, and, and we didn't even like uh, advertise that much because we knew that we couldn't uh, afford to have like more than 10 people in the first uh, edition of the program. Uh, of course, for the next editions, we're going to probably aim and target for more, more mentees, especially. And we already have a base of mentor that I think for the first time was very difficult. Uh, but I think it was is one of the things that I love the most about, uh, about uh, what we do, the services we provide. Because as Denise were, uh, was saying, like, we, we haven't imagined when we were doing in the, the start of the journey that would be so big. Uh, but, uh, of course, sticking to the core that it is to, you know, support the community and hold their hands until they, they find their first job. This is still our, our primarily uh, goal. Wow. Yeah, it sounds so, so cool with 50 people that signed up. So word is mostly uh, men mentees yes, or exactly. mentors. Yeah. Yeah, we have just, yeah, but I think mostly mentees, yeah. And uh, how many members are you in Vida right now? So our membership is kind of uh, something that we haven't, uh, we don't have like one channel, one product, right, that you log in and we can track. So we count this very much based on our social media and especially the newsletters that we have, um, that we send, because the newsletter, I think, is the, is the most uh, engaging part um, and the, our Slack channel as well. It's very, it's where people can share, you know, messages and so on and so forth. But the newsletter, you actually have to go to the website and apply for the newsletter. And then we, we are around, like, if you count all the channels uh, and try, you know, to separate we around 400 uh, people. And if we remove, of course, the people that are not, we don't consider, you know, part of the community. They are like allies and partners but they are not our target group. So our target group is around 400, 500 people. Yeah, that's amazing. And are all these in Sweden or other countries as well? So our work is very much focused on Sweden. Uh, but Denise, if you want to talk maybe a little bit about the future. Yeah, uh, for at least for the next year, we are still running and focus on the Swedish market. But our plan is to expand uh, uh, for the other countries, firstly, and also we have established the, and helped the other immigrants in the Nordic countries. You plan to expand for the whole Europe. So our ambition is to be different, uh, the difference on each immigrant life in the whole Europe. It's a quite a big ambition, but it is. Yeah, but you should have big vision. <laughs> um, and uh, okay, so you are around four, 400 in Sweden. And so everyone is a female developer and immigrant, right? Yes, mostly female, but we also still looking for non-binary people and anyone that uh, identify themselves as a woman. Oh, yeah. Of course. And very important, we are not, uh, uh, like the 400 people, they are not only developers. Uh, we have in our community tech in a very broad sense. Uh, so UI, UX designers and uh, project managers, product managers, 
So anybody that uh, actually wants to start a journey in tech, uh, of course, we know that right now, most of the jobs are in software development, like in, in teams, in engineering teams, you usually have like 10 developers for one UX, UI design or for one product person. Uh, so I would say that the demand of the market is very much in the in the coding right uh, part. And also I think the biggest gap, the gender gap is there, uh, even even bigger than the UI, UX and product uh, project management. But we are quite plural in that sense, because we know that when you do a career transition, uh, especially to tech, everybody thinks it's only about coding, right? And if you don't know how to code, you cannot do tech. We don't believe that. I was a coder myself that did a transition to products, and I still think I'm a tech person myself. So we, do, we try not to sell the idea of uh, you need to code to be a tech person or to get a tech job. Um, so that's, uh, I think, uh, something that's uh, very important for us. Mm. And what countries are represented in uh, Bila? I think we haven't counted, but I think uh, uh, one, of course, uh, thing that we have, we did uh, very recently a heavy user research work with our community to understand more who are they, how did they find us, and so on and so forth. And uh, there's a curiosity that because Denise and I are Brazilian, uh, it's easier to have Brazilian and Latinas in general in our community. Uh, and we want to break the bubble. We are working right now in our growth and trying to reach out to more countries. But I think the fact is that the Brazilian community, like the Latino community here is big. Uh, but of course, there are other communities that are also big. But I think the language barrier is also a problem. So for example, uh, we can go to our own groups and advertise ourselves and we can reach that people. But for, for example, in order for us to have Chinese representativeness or like uh, other uh, Arabic countries, uh, we I think it would be better if you could approach them, you know, uh, in their own language uh, or maybe, you know, to have somebody there like an ambassador. So we've been uh, thinking about expanding. But when we look at us right now, primarily Latinos and also uh, I would say there's a lot of people in, in, uh, in our community. They're also from Europe itself, but outside Sweden. Um, but yeah, I think people from all around the world, I'm saying more of the majority of the numbers are probably coming from uh, Latino countries here. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So you think uh, about having like ambassador for maybe like an Indian ambassador. That's an interesting. Yeah, maybe a way to grow your community. And like, what other like strategies do you have to grow your community and take care of your community? I think for growth, uh, we are focusing right now on partnerships. Uh, so for example, we have already like big, um, either like profitable companies, non-profitable companies that makes like a, a work with immigrants. Uh, so we want to partner with those companies. For example, the newbie guide to Sweden, because they already have a huge traffic. So we can, you know, partner in terms of advertising, because even though like the mission is similar, we are the only one here in Sweden, especially. And I think, to be honest, in the Nordics that focus on immigrant women, most of the communities, they are focused either on immigrants or women, but not both. So we are like very much in the gender uh, plus the, the cultural intersectionality when it comes to diversity. So I think it's a, um, a good way is actually to team up 
with what would be our competitors. They are not direct uh, competitors, but I think uh, one thing to explore when it comes to growth is actually to, uh, besides having ambassadors to represent us in their own communities, is to partner with people that are already been doing this for a while and doing this well. Cool. And uh, so I wanted to talk a bit about uh, the challenges of being an immigrant, if you can talk a bit about that. I mean, of course, it is like language barriers, for example, but maybe also cultural uh, barriers. And uh, yeah, how is there anything else that you have discovered? Well, that's a good question. As I mentioned in the beginning, I also made a career transition since I get here. And my biggest blocker it was uh, prove myself to the market because my credentials wasn't from Sweden. I don't have the, uh, any experience, previous experience here in Sweden. And I've, I felt like the market has uh, some, the market like didn't um, trust in my credentials, trust that I know what I'm supposed to know to do my job. And that's where uh, I found the, this program called the Jobs Project. And there is a, this program, it's for immigrants, where immigrants can apply for internships positions. Uh, they didn't receive anything except for uh, um, active support from the government that is really, really low. And the company also don't have to pay nothing. So it's like a win-win besides all the, the things related to money and payments uh, for the, the employee. And that's the way I found out to get in the job market and prove myself. And uh, that's, I think it's, the most tricky part for anyone that came here without a job pr proposal before. Yeah, it's always you need you need that first door to be opened, uh, and that actually brings me to my next question. So, <clears throat> what would you say is uh, you know a good way to get that door open? Uh, I think yeah, that's pretty much the core of. Uh, the talk right that we want to to say like how to land your first job in tech how to have like the first door open of course uh, we have in our community and i'm here trying to speak uh, for them different experiences we have people that got jobs really fast and people who got uh, i don't know months and maybe years until they find the first job uh, and send a thousand of resumes versus people that sent only 10 uh, so I don't think there is uh, a right or wrong number. Of course, there is a number when you look at the an average, when you look at the immigrant, a newcomer that arrives to Sweden until they find their first job. But in our niche, that it is tech and uh, especially being a woman, uh, we don't have those numbers yet. But uh, uh, what we know is there is, of course, a gap between um, uh, native uh, and people born in Sweden versus people that come here um when you look at men and women so there's a, of course uh, the gap so what do, what we like to say is that based on the experiences that we have uh, from people with our community there's like four things that are super important 
One is that, uh, that the route that you take to tech, uh, that's usually a non-traditional route, uh, talks a lot. Uh, so we have like different uh, people who invested money like on boot camps or people who did free boot camps. Uh, so of course, the level of support that you have in each one of them is very different. So I think if you are thinking about moving to tech, uh, choose wisely. Of course, it's difficult uh, to invest lots of money, especially when you are a newcomer on a boot camp on a code academy. Um, but also uh, the free ones might not be so easy to get in. Uh, so we have, for example, SALT and uh, other academies that uh, they make the process hard, of course, because it's free. And uh, some of them usually there is an internship at the end or a company can hire you at the end. So the business model talks a lot. Sometimes uh, you invest in boot camps, but it's almost guaranteed that in the end you're going to get a job because there are like private companies in sponsorship behind. Uh, so it's very important to look at all the requirements when you are enrolling for uh, a boot camp school uh, here in Sweden. Uh, the second thing is about community and networking. And this is something that we, of course, uh, at Bila, we can help. Um, so, for example, some people don't know, and it's uh, it seems so obvious for us that they're here for some time. But LinkedIn here is queen, right? And sometimes people don't know because in their country, that's not how it works, right? And they don't even know uh, that LinkedIn is so powerful. Here in Sweden, you have to have a LinkedIn, especially tech. It's a very, very popular uh, uh, network and social uh, to, to find jobs and people find you there as well. Uh, mentorship, I already mentioned, but I think it's uh, very important to have a mentor. Mentors can open doors, uh, not only indirectly, like helping you to achieve your potential, but they can be contact too and they can be network. They could be like very valuable uh, people uh, that already works in a company. They heard about a, a position that is open. They can open positions. They could be hiring managers. Yeah. And I think uh, one way to build a portfolio, some people, of course, it's uh, difficult to take the decision and to put the effort when you are uh, receiving nothing for it. But non-paid internships and volunteering, it's a great opportunity to build up a portfolio. Because uh, especially for junior and entry-level positions, I am a hiring manager myself. So if I am hiring for a junior, I know the person doesn't have lots of experience, but if I see in the CV that they already invested some time in doing, you know, a pro bono project or volunteered in something that's tangible, that I can see the work that they did, I think it's amazing. So I think it's a very good uh, tip to actually jump into volunteering programs. And uh, there's uh, uh, lots of uh, websites uh, in Sweden, like uh, worldwide, right? Like everyone working remote now, you can do a project for... Uh, other countries as well. But I think in Sweden, it also shows uh, that you are already, you know, jumping in, in the context of the market in Sweden if you perform like a non, uh, non-profit project. Yeah, that's really great advice. And uh, for someone, for example, that uh, is maybe junior and they have sent out these like hundreds applications and they get rejected, uh, what would you say to that person? So uh, I understand that uh, for everybody, it is a different experience, as we said, right? So we have people that sent like a thousand of CVs and don't get an answer. Uh, I would say that uh, first, my biggest tip is that 
always when you do like a process, try to ask for feedback. And uh, not only, you know, the feedback that you actually have, like the regular feedback saying, oh, we like it, your profile, what's not what we're looking for. Or they say you are too junior for the position. Reply back and always ask, okay, if I am too junior for the position, what would you expect as uh, for a junior, right? Because I think that's the like super powerful tool to actually address uh, the things that you need, the gaps that you have in your CV or in your like interview process that you can get better for the next one. Uh, so ask for feedback always and don't be afraid to ask because I think uh, some of, some people won't give because they, well, they don't have the time, they don't want to, but some people they, they have, uh, when we're doing like the processes, we usually have tools, right? That we make notes, uh, we take notes and we, we can share those specific examples uh, with the candidates. So I think this is a, one of the tips, but also of course, it's not impossible. I am going to do a little bit of advertising of our podcast, but the first season was all about women who did the career transition to tech. And we have amazing people there that uh, were like, you know, um, uh, personal trainers at the gym at SATS. We have people who are like vegan chefs, uh, doctors. We have people, lawyers, and they are from completely different backgrounds and they did a career transition to tech. And it's very inspiring because you can hear uh, everything that they pass through. So I think another tip is that know that you're not alone. Uh, know that you have a community back to support you, that uh, people already face that journey. It's not easy, uh, but I think it's possible. That's the, the, the message. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I was also a mentor to a few people back in the days when I, when I had time. Now I don't have any time anymore. But uh, a lot of the juniors they were you know sad that they uh, didn't get it, get any replies from from jobs or they went to interview they didn't get the job but i think also what you said that don't be afraid to ask why you didn't get the job and like get constructive feedback what you can actually like improve that's a great advice i think but do you think sometimes maybe people can be a bit afraid of saying the truth or I think so. Uh, I think it depends from company to company. I think as mo um, more professional the HR is, uh, the more you can have, you know, of a constructive feedback. Uh, I can give an example. Like I wasn't, it wasn't a junior for me, but I had a candidate like two weeks ago that asked for feedback. Um, and the feedback that I gave, because of course there was like multiple people interviewing that person. I... One of the feedbacks is that we felt that the person was too junior for the position. And then I think that the person replied back saying, okay, why am I too junior? And I really like it because I could, you know, point exactly the examples that she gave me that I thought it would be, uh, I would expect different from a senior person. It's going to be as, as professional or as smooth. Uh, maybe sometimes uh, you will, you won't hear anything. People say, I cannot give you uh, the feedback or they will just not tell the truth. Uh, so, yeah, I think it can happen. Yeah, I even think that I've been ghosted a couple of times when I look for jobs. <laughs> but, uh, you know, different. Uh, it's always different people behind different companies. Uh, and uh, also, I wanted to congratulate you, uh, Juliana, because you became Mentor of the Year, right? Nor uh, from Nordic Women 
tech awards yes yes it was a crazy weekend last one (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah this super fresh how does it feel it feels really good i think uh uh i to be honest i left stockholm and i flew to copenhagen not thinking about this award i thought okay it's a business trip i'm going there i'm gonna go and represent because uh, i think I was very much targeting the networking that we do at these events. And I knew that uh, we would have like lots of important people there and people that could help us. But I also uh, wanted to, to be there, even though uh, I didn't win, uh, the, if I haven't won the award, I would still be there, you know, to represent and to say that diversity is not only about gender. Diversity is also, especially in Sweden, especially in the Nordic, is about integration and integrating uh, immigrants as well. So there's like a lot of uh, intersectionality. So I wanted to be there because I knew there would be like, for example, in the jury, uh, polit- politics and uh, so on and so forth. So we wanted to be there, uh, but was a very, very pleasant surprise to win the award. I, I never thought I would. And uh, to be honest, I think if I was a little bit more confident, I would have pushed Denise harder to follow me, <laughs> to follow me. And when I went to the event, it's so funny because it's the small things, right? When I went to the event, I I was late uh, and I was like, uh, the expectation was so low that I took like a very tiny purse that the award couldn't fit, <laughs> couldn't fit in my purse because I honestly never thought that I would win. I didn't prepare a speech. Oh my God, how much confidence we lack sometimes, right? Especially being women. We never think that we're going to win, that we're going to get the job. And it's a very pleasant surprise when we do, but it's also like a lesson learned for the next one. I'm going to try to be a little bit more confident. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, God, my mute button didn't work there, but yeah, that's uh, so great. And uh, again, congrats. And uh, I wanted to ask you as a follow-up question, uh, what, like, what do you think makes a great mentor? I think that's a, an excellent question um, because for me, uh, mentorship is almost like a marriage, right? It's a partnership that should work for both sides, for mentor and mentee, especially because it's a learning for both. Uh, being a mentor doesn't mean that you're never going to learn anything from a mentee. It's completely the opposite. Uh, so I think that a mentorship that works is when you have an honest person, a person that can be open with you and can give you constructive feedback and not be afraid to tell the truth um, when you need. I think also a mentor could be as close to you as a friend is, you know, that uh, the mentor is going to tell you things in a constructive way because they want you to succeed um, and not not uh, not exactly to hurt you, but to, to see you uh, get better. And I think a good mentor is also like a role model, is a person that you look at that person and say, I want a little bit of that. You know, I want you to, to be like this is a person that represents you uh, at the many different levels. So I think being a good mentor, I think it depends from mentee to mentee. Uh, and of course, it depends on many aspects as well. We have like life mentors and people that helps more in a career, a sense. And you can have like more more than one mentor, of course, if you want. Uh, but I would say if, uh, in the context that we are uh, in tech, uh, for me, a good mentor is a person that I, I already saw the work uh, that they do. It's something that amazes me and I want to have, you know, some of that in my life and I want to be able to learn from them. 
Yeah, great answer. And uh, I'm actually I'm actually thinking about getting a mentor myself, but within entrepreneurship. Uh, but I always been a bit too like I don't want to say shy to ask someone to become a mentor. Uh, so my question, I'm actually very curious about if if I would get a mentor, it would of course be maybe like a someone that has uh, run a business before or something like that. But I suppose it's the same thing. If you're a junior in tech, you want maybe a senior in tech. And uh, if you are uh, looking for a mentor, um, like like me, I think, uh, is this person going to do the job for free? Or uh, like, what can I expect? Like, how much time can I expect from a mentor? I think... Uh... In Sweden, luckily, there's a lot of mentorship programs, uh, which is amazing. Uh, some of them are very much targeting like a group, right? So you might not be able to find exactly for the the group that you're looking for. Uh, but to be honest, I don't know. I haven't been exposed to that kind of experience here, that I approached somebody to be my mentor and the person said, oh, no, I know, I will charge this and that. Uh, and of course, it's a business model, right? People can charge for it as well. Uh, but in my experience, like I am a mentor, I don't monetize uh, on top of that. I don't plan to do that, that but I also have my limits. Of course, I'm not going to mentor like a thousand of people because that doesn't scale. I'm one person myself. But I think you can be very surprised when you when you send a message. I know that we can we tend to be a little bit shy, especially if it's like a tech, uh, Twitter celebrity, right? A person that has a thousand of a hundred of followers. Uh, but I think if you approach them and send a message and they read, you can be surprised that they can say that this is for free uh, because, you know, it can take, I don't know, one hour a month. I think Denise can jump in because Denise is having right now support of uh, Meet Leave. That is a big mentorship program in Sweden. And uh, Denise, can you share a little bit about the business model that they have there and how, how the, is it free, right? And have meetings once a month or something like this? Yes, uh, it is free. Um, they basically, the mentors are volunteers. Uh, they have, um, they ask for the volunteers at least one hour uh, per month. So it's a program running for four months. And during this time, they have like two or three sessions with tips for the mentees about uh, build a CV, how to have an interview, and a few other tips. But it's up to you with you, your mentor if you only met for four times during this period. Uh, at least one hour per month, or if you are free and your mentor as well, have time enough and the, like the chemistry between you guys, it's really good. You can, you are free to met more times like me. I have met my mentor every three weeks and uh, so far it's going really, really well. I mean, she's amazing, amazing, and I love her. <laughs> and uh, the sections that they provide, it's mostly of the, the time during the day. That's uh, quite uh, difficult for someone that uh, it, it is working like me. 
but uh, they are really, really interesting topics and really relevant for who is uh, still looking for a job that didn't land the first job yet or needed to change job. So we are using uh, the meat leaves like a benchmark for our own program. Yeah, and I love that you uh, said that you love your uh, mentor because that would be like the ideal way to feel about a person that you uh, are uh, going to have as a mentor because, you know, I I would, if I were to be a mentor, uh, you know, you, you want to be that to someone that you really click with because like, as you said, you don't have, you can't mentor a thousand people. So... Uh, and I now I get like super excited now like I should get a mentor that uh, uh, that would be great to have someone that you really look up to almost like you're like a fan or something yes, yes. <laughs> I think so and I think you're you're gonna get surprised of how much you can learn and uh, actually you know follow uh, the person I, I really like uh, an example that I have in the past, uh, I got uh, approached by a person that uh, wanted me to mentor them. And um, they said that, and I, I asked, like, why Why did you choose me? Was it something, you know, specifically? I wanted to know. And they, they said, ah, we were in a meeting. And uh, in this meeting, you were, uh, you show that you have very much, you know, um, influence on other people, that you can influence their decision. And I think I need that in my life. And then I was like, do I? <laughs> do I have that? Uh, and I actually started to pay more attention at my own behaviors. And I learned so much about myself because of that mentorship. So I think when uh, when you're putting yourself available to be a mentor, you can also expect that the person looks at you in a, in a way that you don't, right? And then you can learn so much about yourself. It's really good. That, that's really interesting. Like uh, my mentor, she used to say to me that uh, she's learning a lot with me and I'm helping her to grow in her own path uh, because of my my experience, my, my knowledge, my point of view of the few things that uh, I'm giving to her, a new point of view, a new experience as uh, being a mentor and exercising a lot of uh, knowledge that uh, she didn't use in, in mostly in the, her current position. And uh, that's amazing because like a win-win, we both feel fulfill it with this relation. And uh, that's something that uh, if he, she's available and uh, she wants to as well, I want to continue my contact with her after the program. Yeah, that's so great. I think like on my to-do list now is to get a mentor. Like I get so excited about this idea. <laughs> and uh, yeah, great. So like I really, I love this talk. It was uh, so nice to talk to you. It was really a pleasure to have you here and uh, great to hear about your project and uh, wish you best for the future. Thank you very much, Charlotte. That was very, very nice. Thanks for facilitating this and for inviting us.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. WeTal Talks is created by WeTal, a coding community with thousands of developers. In our app, you can find your next career opportunity or join tech conversations. See you next time.